All right, welcome to Rosenballs. It is Tuesday, April 5th, right? Sure. NBA season coming down. First of all, I want to talk about the college basketball game last night. Um, that was a good college basketball game. Look, kudos to UNC for going that far, obviously. Um, it tells you that the big programs don't bet against them in in March Madness. Uh you know, these, these tournament games are like big regular season games for them. You know, if Kansas plays Kentucky, that's equivalent to like a St. Peter tournament game, right? St. Peter's never seen that kind of adrenaline before. Kansas, it's a Tuesday. So, they're used to it. Um, look, I mean, North Carolina being up by that big, that's obviously a, a devastating loss for them. Um, kudos to Kansas for continuing with it. What I get frustrated by is, like... You know, I get it, like, you're exhausted. This happens in life, right? I love doing these kind of things where there's a basketball lesson, but it's a life lesson. Um, I get you're, ex- like, exhausted. It's kind of like, you know, you've been working so hard for something, let's say, like, the SATs, right? So imagine you're studying, like, six months of the SATs. You're, like, you know, over, over, right, right, right? And then finally you're taking the test, right? You're, on, like, in the last section. And then you're getting tired, and, like, it's easy to, like, succumb to... I don't want to call it laziness, but just like a little bit of tiredness and like, uh, a, you know, overkill and be like, all right, you know, I'm so done with this and just kind of like, you know, not getting your full brain together for the last like, you know, six questions, which could have been the difference between like a, a 1250 and a 1300, right? Or something or, or a borderline score that, that would have gotten into that college, right? And you studied six months for this thing and like it was just like the last couple of questions you just like were mentally exhausted by and 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 that was you know that ended up being what uh what finished you off right that could that could be what uh what ended up causing you to you know to, I wouldn't say not give it your all but not get the score that you could have achieved if you you know you just ruled it out right and and you usually do that for regular tests regular tests you're not you know studying as hard for or you don't have as much adrenaline for right and you're able to like you know Get like, all right, it's just three more questions. Let me do it. But for some reason, the big test, you kind of get tired at the end, right? And I do this with UNC, right? There was about a minute or so, not even, 30 seconds left. And they're down three. And this has happened. This scenario has happened many times before for them. And and I've seen this so many times. I have other examples of this. They're down by three. And most teams, like, just go for the quick two. But it's kind of like a grueling effort, right? You go for the quick two. You foul. You hope they miss. They don't. Quick two. Foul. Hope they miss. Don't rinse and repeat until you have a scenario that works for you, right? And by the way, that meant that sort of strategy works very well in college where they shoot worse from free throw. There was more one-on-ones. And by the way, it worked for them the previous game, okay? Um, that's how they beat Kansas. Not Kansas, uh, uh, Duke, right? They ended up beating Duke uh, by, by doing just that, having them miss free throws at the end. The team's tired, right? They, they might miss. Which is, you know, that's that's the whole strategy. And by the way, I remember this before, right? Like, uh, I think it was Game Seven, you know, twenty ten, Celtics Lakers, right? I'm, you know, I, I don't usually be able to spit off these kind of dates, but you know, I, I remember that game well. And it was similar, right? The Celtics were down by three with like twenty seconds left, and instead of doing the classic, like, okay, let's foul, let's quick two, foul quick two, they're just like, f it, let's just keep going for three with twenty seconds left. And it's like a tired play. It's like, oh god. I got to go for a quick two. I'm going to foul. This is going to be so annoying. It's already game seven. I'm so tired. 
let's just see if this can get to overtime and, and or just be done with it. I'm ready to, to go vacate. And I felt like UNC had the, that mentality at the end, right? There's no reason for love and these other guys just chucking up threes. 30 seconds left. It's college basketball. You've quick two and foul, right? It's like, come on. And, I mean, you do that, I think, until like six, seven seconds or so, you know, five to seven is probably the range where you could consider just going for the three, not the quick two, because you want a rebound potentially or what have you. Um, but anyway, they opted not to do that, and they lost, right? It's just a couple quick threes, and you miss it, you're done. You just lose any future opportunity, right? The team's probably more willing to give you a quick two. Um, I don't think it has any impact on, on, on draft stuff, right? I, I, you know, it used to. Okay, it used to be that, like, um, you go deep in the tournament, you know, I don't know, like, um, Mateen Cleaves or whoever, uh, and it impacts your draft stock. I don't think this impacts. There's no one from either team I'm, I'm really, not really felt was a really killer top 10 prospect. Um, so, the best guy, actually, that was in the Final Four was probably on Duke. They had two guys, right? Pablo and AJ Griffin, but, you know. After that, nothing. Um, down the stretch we go in the NBA. Down the stretch. And I think seeding is going to matter a whole lot uh, as we go down. Notably to the – there's a couple teams, I, you know, for, for, so first of all, as a betting man, by the way, um, you know, it's funny how markets go, right? Teams really get different levels of respect just based on historical things, which don't impact – the playoffs at all, right? You saw last year, uh, but you know, Milwaukee Bucks won it. And I think this could be a streak of years similar to the 70s, where you had Portland win, you had Washington win, you had Seattle win a title. You're going to have a couple of rando teams win until the next dynasty, you know, shows itself. And this could be another year where a random team wins. And random isn't, you know, it's not a negative connotation. It's basically just like a, a team that just hits one that might not be a dynasty. Now, it could be. It could be the start of a team's dynasty. But Memphis right now is plus 1,800 to win the NBA championship. And you say, okay, give me context. I will. All right, let's go through it. So, and again, this differs from books, right? And check out SI Sportsbook, which has the best futures for this. SI Sportsbook. Bet 10, get 50. Default offer, SI Sportsbook. No promo code needed. Bet $10, get 50. So what are the good bets for, for the NBA title going into this last stretch? So the Phoenix Suns are plus 250, which I think is, is a little, you know, I don't I don't love those odds for them. Plus 350 or better, maybe. Plus 250, yeah. You know, I, I can see them losing um, in the second round. I, I think there's a – look, the Phoenix got lucky last year, and there's a lot of injuries. And gra- granted, they got injured too. They got injured late though, okay? But they played a Clipper team without Kawhi. They played a Laker team that was without AD. So I think they had a pretty lucky route. And the Bucks were no different, right? I mean, you know, Harding got hurt. Durant was hobbled. So you have to need a little bit of luck. And, and could that happen this year? Absolutely. Chris Paul's pretty injury prone, right? So, and because of that, I don't love betting on them. So, okay, Phoenix plus 250, don't love it. 
Don't love it. Then the rest come from the east pretty much, right? Which leaves the west wide open. So you have a bunch that are like basically there's two plus 550s in there, all right? And that's Milwaukee and Brooklyn, right? Now, Brooklyn, Brooklyn's tough because they have to win more games to get in. But now, like, you know, Kyrie is clear, right? I mean, he could he could play. So, because he could play, and they look like a pretty decent threat. They haven't been winning lately, but, you know, plus 550, actually don't hate Brooklyn's odds there. Because if Brooklyn figures it out, and they get in, they get in, right? So, like, I don't think their matchups are favorable. I think you got Cleveland, Atlanta in a play-in. The loser of that plays Brooklyn, um, Charlotte, right? Brooklyn's probably going to win that. Then they play, if they win that, they play Miami in, uh, in round one. Okay. So... Now, look, there's a scenario, like, if I think if Cleveland loses to Atlanta, which they could, right? Atlanta, I think, should be favored in that play because they have experience. But if Cleveland loses to Atlanta, or sorry, if Cleveland beats Atlanta, Atlanta is the one team that probably has the, um, the best chance Of uh, of doing something against Brooklyn, right? They're not going to be you know scared by them or anything like that. They have decent firepower. Guys can get hot. They can win one game, especially if it's in Atlanta, which I believe it would be. Right. So definitely not a slam dunk. It's one game. You never know. So that's the scenario that hurts Brooklyn. Basically, their odds actually. And you'd be like, what's the difference? There's a big difference, right? So I hate to say it, that plus 50 to me really depends on who do you like in the Cleveland-Atlanta game, right? Because if you like Atlanta in that game, I'm actually taking, you know, so they don't have to play Brooklyn, then the plus 50 looks a lot better because I'm way more comfortable taking Brooklyn to be Cleveland in a one-gamer that's got a better odds for me than Atlanta. So that's a big thing to think about. Um but the road isn't going to be crazy, okay? And Brooklyn's road, rather. Because now if they win, look, I'm going to give credit. Miami's decent. But, I mean, like, I'm sorry. In a seven-game series, they don't have a lot of firepower. They're not. I'm not as afraid of them as a one seed as they should be, right? They're just have, they don't have a lot of guys that can beat me offensively. So, obviously, Bam's a tough guy. But, like, how are they going to match up with KD and Kyrie's firepower? They're not. I, I don't. I don't see that as much of a threat. So, I would favor Brooklyn in that series versus Miami, regardless of seeding. And then 4-5, I mean, what is it? It's going to be probably, you know, Philly, Chicago, some some kind of Philly-Toronto, right? Some combination. But let's say it's Philly. All right, they have Philly's number by a lot. You got some revenge play in there. I don't, I don't see that either. I think Philly is the team you want to play in the playoffs. Personally, you want to play them. They don't, they don't have their shit together. And then they coast. And then now they're road. Now they get the conference finals. They play, uh, you know, let's say Boston or Milwaukee. 
all right? Which would be a series, but again, a, a bit more firepower. You looked at what they did against Milwaukee last year, being hobbled, If and, and Kyrie looks healthy and spry. So I would favor them in that series. Now they're, if they're in the conference, if they're the championship, I would favor them against anybody out West. They just have far more anybody. Golden State, I don't care, right? I think they, they cream in those guys. So they look to me... I would actually, I hate to say it, I actually think they have the best odds to win the title. I think they should. So plus 550 for Brooklyn's not bad. Okay. Milwaukee, I don't like, and I'll explain why. They have, I don't love them in their matchups against, so Milwaukee's the other plus 550 team, right? I don't love them in their matchups against either Brooklyn or Boston, right? They have to play Boston the second round. That's tough. By the way, no slam dunk. Dude, just go. They, uh, you know, there's a couple of other teams in there that they're going to be mixed in with. So, yeah, definitely don't love it. Those are the plus 550s. So I would not take Milwaukee. So right now, one of the bets I like, Brooklyn at plus 550. That's one bet I kind of like. Okay, let's keep going down a little bit. Now you get Golden State plus 800, and you have Boston at plus 900. Let's dissect these a little bit. So Golden State right now has the second best odds in the West. Um, they, they, look, they had a nice little run this season to get to where they're at. And, um, Clay coming back, you think helps. I don't know. Right. And again, like Andrew Wiggins coming back to life. Okay. Um, which is, uh, you know, we expected this, All right, Kind of like their new Harrison Barnes, if you will. And, you know, against the series with Phoenix, as an example, I just don't, I think, like, you you have to, the way you evaluate how a team runs in the playoffs, basically, is, so, first of all, you should look at the last couple of months of the season, right? That's the better trend to look at than, like, what they did in November through January. It's better to look at February through the end of the year. That's one thing. The second thing is, are they, you know, playoff tested? Okay, I know it's, like, a silly, like, okay, like, you know. What does that even mean, right? But it's an important term. And look, Golden State is. But let's look at their lineup. I I think they needed to get a little more from their rooks. And I know they're, like, so proud. They're like, oh, my God, this was such a successful draft. It wasn't. Can we stop with the charade? Okay? If you draft two guys in the lottery, two guys in the top ten, one of them should be, like, a rotational, impactful player. I wouldn't – I don't think they're there. I know. I'd rather look. I'd rather have Daniel Tice for a playoff run right now than Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah, I said it. Okay? I'd rather. Let's go through their rotation, shall we? So if you're if you're Golden State, I think you start it actually gets kind of funky to be to be frank, because you know, what do you do with Jordan Poole? But I think it's gonna be Curry, Clay, Wiggins, um, Green Looney with Poole. Um, I don't know if you play Kaminga, right? I mean, Porter Jr. I'm going to play. Iguodala's going to get minutes. And probably Bielitsa I like better than Kaminga in a playoff series. GP might get a little minutes here and there, right? But essentially, it's a nine-man rotation. It's just, it's not, there's a lot of reliance on Clay. I think he could be more or less... I don't want to use the word shut down, but he could be mitigated a bit. I think they could take advantage of him on the other end. He's still injured, guys. Like, he's still not the same guy. 
You can't expect that. And they're just missing, a, a, you know, Wiggins needs to be a little better. They're, they're missing some offensive firepower there. I don't love them at plus 800. I think they could lose to a bunch of teams. I think they could lose to Memphis. I think they could lose to, um, obviously, Phoenix, right? I, I think they could lose to Seneca Series to Denver. I'm not confident in any second-round series for them. Even in the first round, I'm not, like, super, super confident, right? Like, like you know, Utah, um, even though they lost them recently, got some revenge in play, could play them well. I think they beat them in that series. but So I, I just don't trust them in a lot of second-round matchups. So I would um, I would avoid Golden State at plus eight hundred. Don't love that. Let's go to Boston at plus nine hundred. Okay. Um, I kind of like it. I don't love it. I, I I don't I don't I think it's okay. Right? Like, okay, Eitan, you're a freaking homer. Give me a break. You hate in Milwaukee at plus five fifty. Again, the numbers matter here, guys. It's plus nine hundred. We're not talking about plus five fifty. I think Milwaukee, so let's go through it, right? Boston right now is on the cusp of getting a two seed. Now, that could impact things a bit, but that's kind of where they're at, okay? So, they're on the cusp of a two seed. Great. Um, and if they get that, they get Toronto or Chicago in round one. Decent difference there. They cakewalk with Chicago. Okay. Sorry, they don't get they don't they get Cleveland. I apologize. Um Cleveland's actually a difficult matchup for them, but I still think they win that. Right? If they get three, they get Chicago or Toronto. And yeah, that I think is a cake over with Chicago. Toronto, not so much. They still win that series. Okay. They're favored in that series. It's tougher. All right. So actually the first round's a little the second round. Okay. Um if you get Philly, I don't think they're going to have a problem with Philly. I mean, they smoked Philly. I think they play very well against Philly. For me, that is a a slam dunk, Boston over Philly. And now, right, so sorry, I, you know, they could get Philly. Maybe they get, um, not Philly, maybe they get Milwaukee in round two. So if they're two, they get the three. So fine, they get Milwaukee. Not a slam dunk, but with home court, I think you favor them with home court. I think Boston is favored in that series. Call me crazy. Right? You're crazy. No, look. And then they get Brooklyn or Miami in the conference finals. And that's where it gets a little murky. But I think they match up well with either of them. You know, Kyrie has revenge play against Boston. Okay, that that's in, in tow. But I think they match up better against Brooklyn, considering they'll have home court. So would Milwaukee. But again, I think they'll beat Milwaukee. That's the difference. Which is why I don't like Milwaukee's odds. Miami doesn't scare me as much. I think Boston should have the second best odds in the Eastern Conference behind Brooklyn. So I'm not saying they're going to win the East. I'm saying I like them at plus 900. It should be plus 6. It's plus 9. So I like that gap there. That's all I'm saying. Let's keep going down with it. <clears throat> Okay, so, you know, all the stuff is, uh, oh, I got Harper. All the stuff is gold. Miami, which I didn't mention, I believe it was like plus 700 or so. Don't like it. I think they lose in the second round. 
Um, I don't think they'd even be Brooklyn. Like they, they could. I like. All right, let's get back at it. So Miami, I, I don't love at a plus seven fifty again. I think they lose in the first second round. I think you have to you have to rank it by forget the seeds for a second. Who has the best chance to to come out of the East, right? And then you know you can't play off who they're going to win. They're going to play in the finals necessarily, but you do it by that a little bit. So for me, the ranking is I think Brooklyn's got the best shot, and I think Boston's too. They'll have the second seat, then Milwaukee, all right, then Miami, and then if you want to throw a, a dark horse in the East that could come out, honestly, you call me crazy, Toronto. Scotty Barnes, when you have like a rookie that could emerge. Um, you know, in a playoff and like become a star overnight. That's interesting to me. So I don't know. If I didn't even look at their odds. It's got to be high, but you know, it's got to be you know at least twenty-five to one. I'm not taking them. I need I need you know in the hundreds. But if you want to throw a fly or want to throw ten bucks to win a couple of grand, Toronto's your team. I can see them making a, a wacky playoff run. They have amazing length. Okay, and um. You know, Scotty Barnes is a guy that could uh, that could emerge. He could turn into a top ten player overnight. Who knows? Again, I'm not I'm not advocating to take Toronto. I'm saying like if you want to gamble a little bit, they should be closer to 25, 50 to one. So if they're a hundred to one, interesting, interesting. Um, okay. So now let's go through. This is the team. This is the bet I like the most. I, I've uh, kind of shaped it up for this. The next level down, you have a bunch of teams in the teens. Okay, so as I mentioned, like Toronto's around in there. Okay, Philly's probably like you know ten to one, which which I don't like. Okay, Memphis Grizzlies are eighteen to one. Eighteen to one. To quote Kurt Schilling. When the Red Sox came back with 3-0, why not us? Why not? Why not Memphis? All right? They're the second seed in the West. Second. They're going to play a play-in opponent. What, Minnesota? Ooh, so scary. Give me a break. They're going to play Minnesota in round one, likely. All right? They're going to get home court in the next round. And they've beaten these teams handily. They've been playing so well without John Morant. All right, they're like eighteen and two without him. It's ridiculous. So yeah, so I don't see why can't they? Um. So yeah, I, I like I like Ja, and I like Memphis. I I think Memphis to me it's like um, they have a lot of number three pitchers, right? So it's like a baseball team that. Over a seven-game series, they're not going to have, like, a guy that kills you, but they have, like, you know, a bunch of guys that keep you in the game. A bunch of Brett Saberhagens, right? So, Memphis is like that, okay? They have a bunch of Bretts. And what I mean by that is, obviously, John Morant's a killer, and he could explode even further in the playoffs. Why not? Get hot. That's great. They have one guy that can absolutely destroy you. Then they have a lot of guys that could, like, nibble on you. I know that sounds nasty, but whatevs. Right? Who am I talking about? I'll tell you. So they have Kyle Anderson. they got Dylan Brooks now coming back. 
Jaron Jackson Jr., right? Uh, Desmond Bain. A lot, a lot of guys that can have a really uh, interesting series. So, and I think they're better than Golden State. I think they beat Golden State in a playoff series. People are just going to give Golden State the uh, the legendary status. These guys are these guys are older than you realize. Like Curry and Clay are, you know, they're aging a bit. So I like Memphis there. And again, Phoenix to me has got holes, and Chris Paul is exceptionally uh, injury prone. So yeah, I um, I don't like Memphis. I love Memphis at plus eighteen hundred. They should be better than odds than Philly. The odds should be in the Boston range, to be honest. And they're not because they're Memphis. So I would, as a betting man, definitely put some dough on Memphis. My favorite finals futures bet for sure, which I like because it's random. But again. If there's a year there's going to be a random winner, why not? Why not Memphis? I can see the following play out, right? I can totally see a Memphis-Brooklyn final and Brooklyn feeling it's a cakewalk and then they just get suffocated because they're tired as fuck and they're going to have basically two old geezers carrying them and it's not going to get it done. And Memphis is going to kill you with death, right? Like, Memphis has basically 10 guys that would be the third best player on Brooklyn. Like, DeAnthony Melton would be a game changer on Brooklyn. He's like, you know, Memphis' ninth man. So, I, I love the depth. I think in a long series, it plays well. I think John Morant, um, you know, is so young and, and spry that um, he can win you a series. And Memphis at plus 1,800 is my favorite pick. Toronto, again, again, if Toronto is in the hundreds, fine, or at least beyond 25-50. Other than that, I'm not in love with it. And no one else in the West excites me, right? Like Utah, I think Ainge is already, you know, eyeing a a rebuild in Utah. People already kind of, you know, smelling it out, if you will, a little bit. Like, you know, uh, and I think he wants to show that he could, like, take a franchise to the title. Um, And what he sees in Utah... Now let's just examine this for a second. So, like, look, in order to... Um, what you have to examine as a franchise is is if, like, okay. Like, organically... So, first, before we do anything, organically, in the next two, three years, we have pieces that we feel could get us to contention. So, for Utah, I would say no, right? If you just keep the team as is, you're probably a second-round loser each year. You have Mitchell Gobert, but it doesn't do enough in the playoffs. Fine. Uh, so then if you don't, if you're just kind of like, a, at best, a second-round team, then you go, okay, can we cash in assets to get us to contend? You know, are we there either? And the answer there is also no. They have they have no assets, right? Trent Forrest, I think he's a nice little player, Jared Butler, all these guys. Uh, that's also not going to do it. So then you have no other choice. Then you're like, all right, well, we can't cash in. We've kind of been stagnant. Look, if you're not going... If you're not going up, you're going down. Um, so, I think Utah is, is going to look, and I think they have a couple of routes in a rebuild, and Ainge is going to take it. And and I'll give you an example. In 2006, the Celtics were going nowhere, right? 
because they 06, isn't that two years before they won the championship? Well, yeah, but, you know, this was a year where, uh, oh, just the year before, Pierce, you know, was injured, but they were kind of, you know, had a team that was good enough to make the first round and lose in the first round, first and out, if you will. And they still had Al Jefferson, so they could, you know, they could rebuild around youth. And, you know, Ainge tried to trade Paul Pierce to Portland. Now, Portland was also kind of a middle-of-the-road playoff team, but who knew what direction they were going to go? And, you know, Ainge liked Chris Paul in the draft, which would have been a great trade. Because, you know, you've had Chris Paul for a long time. Uh, Portland said no to that deal. Portland was like, nah, we also want to rebuild. So it didn't happen. But it tells me the fact that he was even looking at that, you know, Pierce then is similar to Mitchell now. We're actually similar talents in terms of like how good they are in the rest of the league, per se. And yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I think they just need to make change for the sake of changes to an extent. So there's a couple of deals that I like. Um, if I'm, uh, one second, guys, there we go. Yeah, here we go. A couple of deals I like if I'm a uh, Utah, there's two. So your goal is to get in the draft. He's going to be bad for a few years and then, and then rebuild that. We need assets though, right? Uh, the beauty is they have like roster spots, which is actually like a key to rebuild, right? Boston in the past with Ainge would just pile on picks and they realize, hold on a second, we have 15 roster spots. We can't like, you can't develop everybody. So at a given time, you can't really develop more than three or four guys. If you have three or four like phenoms, that's probably your peak. But if you have that, it's hard to develop anybody else. So what we really want is like three or four phenoms, a mix of veterans that can also teach them along the way, keep you competitive so they get some, you know, things there. And then you hope you hit on a few of those, two of them. And then the other two, you move out and you rinse and repeat. Fine. Sounds simple enough. One opening, I see Sacramento. So I know, you know, Toronto and Dallas have an all over Rudy Gobert. I, I don't think they're going to get to, you know, his trade level. Toronto can. Right. Um, they have a couple of young pieces. They have OG and Anobi. You know, so I could see... Toronto, and I can see something like OG and, you know, I don't know, Pick or whatever, Chris Boucher. But I think you want to, I think if you're uh, Utah, I think Holmes and five for Gobert to me sounds right. That sounds right. Um, and it's for like a number of reasons, basically, right? Um, right. One is. I think Holmes is still a fine center, but you can get Adrian Griffin at five. I think he's going to want to pound the wings. I think he's going to want to replicate Tatum Brown or some concept. I think AJ Griffin to me looks like Jalen Brown. He's like a, a, a little thicker. And that is a really nice uh, guy to look at in the draft. And then Mitchell, I think he's going to look at RJ Barrett. I think two way talent. I think you get that Nick pick too. I think you get Barrett and the 12th pick. In a deal, probably Fournier, in a deal for Mitchell. I could see that exact scenario occurring. Right. 
And if you do those deals, and you have Barrett and Griffin, and you just try to like push the wings scenario out, and then you know eventually you know Bogey's going to get moved. Bogey's an easy guy to move for a late pick, or you know you know people need a shooter, right? And then you rebuild, <clears throat> but that's a good spot. You rebuild around the toughest kind of guys to get, which are two way wings. You have you have an easy way to get one for New York, and another one to get one through the draft. And I think that's a good start for a rebuild. Um, and then Connolly is expiring, and there's ways to, to move there. I think you could look at getting the Laker picks using Westbrook and then just um, waving Westbrook, right? But they have the two Laker picks. I think the Lakers would be interested in Mike Connolly Jr. I could see that, right? And now we're moving and also grooving. So I think Utah's going to rebuild here. Uh, Denver is going to give it another shot. They need Murray healthy. They have excuses. Basically, if the team's got excuses, they're probably not going to rebuild, right? They're going to have Murray. Bones is going to get better. Um, Porter Jr. is going to come back, right? They have excuses. They won't rebuild. But Utah um, is going to rebuild. And I think you're going to see a lot of interesting trades on draft night. The more interesting question comes to the East with Chicago and these other teams that um, – you know, uh, the GM there and everybody, you know, thought they were looking so hot at the beginning of the year, and then it flamed out. And I think they blame it on injuries, right? I think, well, well we need Lonzo Ball and, and blah, 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 blah. So I um, I will look at all that. But, yeah, curious to see what happens. But until next time, everybody, you have a great day.